Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Derek Media Network. Welcome to the Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on Twitch.com. I see Sean and Kim are there in the live chat. Good to see y'all. Glad to have you hanging out with me. So, normally I would tell you about coffee. <clears throat> Because coffee is amazing, and the best coffee that I have found for my money, personally, and I am not endorsing this, nor am I advertising for American Pride Roasters, and their amazing selection of coffee there at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. So a few updates on uh, Dave and Faith and their situation today. They had an amazing turnout of people coming to help them out. Uh, for those of you who do not know, they lost their house to a tragic tornado accident earlier this spring. Um, and then afterwards, they had all kinds of fighting with insurance and a neighbor who pushed a bunch of debris onto their property to get off of his corn farm. Yeah, it was a, it was a whole deal. And they had an amazing turnout of neighbors, friends, family who came out and did what neighbors do. They brought tractors and chainsaws and a willingness to love their neighbor. And they cleaned all that crap up, got it to the ditch so it could be hauled off by the, uh, by the cleanup crews. So I got to say to everyone there who helped out Dave and faith over at, uh, there's all kinds of craziness going on because one thing I didn't realize is that uh, there's a screen capture going on behind me where you can watch the actual recording going on through Adobe. <laughs> it kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, what am I watching behind behind me in the replay there? But yeah, so thank you to everyone who helped out with American Pride Roasters. Please go out. Check out their uh, their website. See what coffees they have that you might want to try. American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. All right, so getting into things, um, I did have my other episode of Extra Shots. I just got recorded. Just have to, you know, upload over to Patreon. Those of you who want to follow me on Patreon, minimum $5. That is the lowest tier. Over And with that, you do get the bonus episodes. Uh, slightly higher tiers will get you early access to uh, interviews, special episodes, stuff like that. So please, and if you're one of the uh, top tiers, 
the 20 or $50 a month donors. Um, those get you some extra perks. Like, this is between you and me. Don't tell anyone. Quarterly merch drops. So go over to patreon.com slash Tyler Morgan. If you want to check it out, throw five bucks my way. See if the uh, the extra shots episodes are for you. If not, meh, whatever. I accept your patronage for one month. And hey, hopefully you enjoy it. No, I- now to get into the news. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. So, so, so much, much is going on. Um, I, I think one of the biggest stories that really hasn't been a story is for the last couple of years, we've noticed that there are certain opinion writers over at the New York Times who, yeah, they were wrong. People on Twitter could reach out and go, hey, you're an idiot. Here's why. Well, the New York Times has finally gotten the hint, and so they have a whole slate of opinion pieces coming out from some of their top opinion writers and journalists. And they're admitting they were wrong. They even explain why they happen to be wrong. <laughs> I know. It's a crazy thought that, oh, wait, um, you mean... I not right. I was wrong. Slate and New York Times columnists admit they were mistaken about several key issues. What a shocker. A uh, New York Times issued eight opinion columns Thursday in which columnists advised their incorrect predictions and bad advice to reflect on why they changed their minds. The I Was Wrong series covers inflation, Al Franken, capitalism, the power of protest. Trump voters, Chinese censorship, Facebook, and Mittens Romney. <laughs> Sean says, reporters are wrong. I am shocked. Shocked, I say. Eh, not that shocked. <laughs> Our columnists did their research. They read, watched, talked to the experts. They formed opinion and wrote about it. The New York Times opinion Twitter account read, they were wrong. And they're telling you why. Paul Krugman shouldered some of the blame for being on Team Relaxed. About inflation fears in early 2021, having dismissed concerns of the American Rescue Plan, which pumped a staggering $1.9 trillion into the economy. That's a, the money supply with fiat dollars? may or may not have a problem with the currency. <gasps> oh, my God. Who would have seen it coming? Not me. Oh, wait. I've been saying that since uh, all the COVID, and even when Donald Trump was having the print freaking money. <sighs> but I digress. Got to keep my blood pressure down. And I, I'm drinking energy drink and not whiskey, which... You notice if you're on Twitch, normally over my left shoulder here, Next to my rapidly blinking router. Um, normally there'd be bottles of whiskey up there, but apparently I overloaded it and they all fell on the floor. Nothing broke. Nothing broke. All the whiskey survived. It's just all uh, yeah, reached down. Down below my feet here. Grab a bottle. 
Children, don't drink and drive. Adults, don't drink a podcast. You might say something dumb. Me, I have no fears, so that's the reason why I'm doing this. And I dropped my news story. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, Paul Krugman said, I was team relaxed. As it turned out, of course, that was a very bad call. But what exactly did I get wrong? I don't know everything. Um, Krugman said he, like others, argued the American Rescue Plan would lead to a much smaller surge in GDP than the headline number would suggest, and that Americans would save their stimulus checks rather than spend. Have you never met an American, Paul? What do you think we do when we get money? We spend it. I don't remember why I put my money through. I'm pretty sure I paid bills. Like, oh, we got this extra money. Let's pay some stuff off. That's where I was. But not everyone can be super awesome like me and do the right thing with their folding cash. So, I mean, those of you who went out and did fun things like bought guns and made down payments on cars and this, that, and the other, thank you. You kept the economy buzzing. However, you also helped lead to putting extra money into the into the economy that really kind of screwed with everything. It's your fault. I'm joking. It's not your fault. You you did what an American would do. You oh, I got free money. Um I'm not about I'm not all about the uh, government spending, but hey, how about I do this? I'm gonna spend it anyways. That's what people do. <laughs> At any who's Craigman said that what he didn't account for was that the fear of infection and changes in the way we live caused big shifts in the mix of spending. Oh my gosh. Really? And supply chain disruptions, among other things. Craigman said the whole experience has been a lesson in humility. Yeah, the one person who really needs to learn humility at New York Times is Paul freaking Krugman because he's never been right on anything he's ever said. <gasps> blood pressure, blood pressure. You should get the blood pressure down. <sighs> you have to catch my breath because I'm going to lose my mind dealing with Paul freaking Krugman. Nobody will believe this, but in the aftermath of the 2008 crisis, standard economic models performed pretty well, and I felt comfortable applying those models in 2021. Uh huh. Sure. But in retrospect, I should have realized that in the face of this new world created by COVID 19, that kind of extrapolation wasn't a safe bet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Then there was Brett Stevens, who regrets using broad brushstrokes to smear Trump voters. Oh, really? The worst line I ever wrote as a pundit. <laughs> yes, I know. It's a crowded field. Was the first line I ever wrote about the man who would become the 45th, 45th president. If by now you don't find Donald Trump appalling, you're appalling. <laughs> I am so, so smart and smarmy. Oh, look at you. <laughs> look at you people who support Donald Trump. <laughs> you doofuses. How could you support this horrible man? So, by uh, their transit properties, that means you're as horrible as he is because you support him. <laughs> Stevens, of course, clarified that he 
regret almost nothing of what I said about the man and his close minions. But the broad swipe of his voters caricatured them and blinkered me. It probably did more to help than hinder Trump's candidacy. Oh, how dare. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm being so fake, such fake humility, humility here that, oh, 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 oh man. Oh, really? This is like the like the worst fake humility I've ever seen in a mea culpa ever issued in the history of mea culpas being issued. It's like. Yeah, I don't regret any of the bad crap I said. I'm just sorry that I applied it to everyone who supported him. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, oh, man, where was my brain when I wrote that? Telling voters they are moral ignoramuses is a bad way of getting them to change their minds. Yeah, it's weird. You insult somebody. They're less likely to listen to whatever argument you may have to have. You know, that whole, was it Dale Carnegie, how to make friends and make friends and influence others. I mean, come on. Have we not read this book at some point in our lives? Where I work, that is like an entire thing for uh, anyone who wants to be in leadership. They want you to take this class and pass. Oh my gosh. It, they're so dumb. But <sighs> Stephen said he was blind to the fact that Trump voters saw a candidate whose entire being was proud. Was a proudly raised middle finger at a self-satisfied elite that had produced a failing status quo. And in the process, he confirmed that bias of people on the right. It's insane. Who would have seen it coming? Oh, my gosh. Oh, life. But Stevens didn't reach his conclusion on his own. He said it was after his friend Peggy Noonan referred to Stevens as part of the protected. My family lived in a safe and pleasant neighborhood. Our kids went to an excellent public school and I was well paid, fully insured, insulated against life's harsh edges. Trump's appeal, according to Noonan, was largely to people she called the unprotected. Stevens said those voters didn't enjoy the same luxuries as he did and that for them. It was an experience compounded by the insult of being treated as losers and racists, clinging in Obama's notorious 2008 phrase to guns or religion or antipathy toward people who aren't like them. No wonder they were angry, Stevens said before saying that he was dripping condescension towards Trump supporters, which only confirmed their suspicions about people like me. But here's the thing. He may, he may be saying that he was wrong. He's only saying that he was wrong, that he said the quiet part out loud. He never once says in all of this that he changed his mind on what Trump supporters are really like. He doesn't say anywhere that, well, you know, 
in the grand scheme of things, it, it turns out these are a diverse group of people who have way more in common with me than I thought. They just have a different world. He doesn't acknowledge any of that at all. He just basically says, yeah, I'm sorry I said it out loud. I, <laughs> I'm just a horrible schmutz for saying it. Oh, do you forgive me for calling you a loser to your face instead of behind your back? And he goes on um, talking about Michelle Goldberg regrets calling for Al Franken to resign without a Senate investigation. Really? You regret that? Why? Because it opened up a seat. It made it harder for Democrats. If it was a Republican who had a picture of him reaching out like he is grabbing a woman's chest while she is asleep, you would not regret calling for his resignation. You would not demand a Senate investigation. You would not demand blah, 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 blah. You would say, kick his ass out right now. Get him out of that seat. He doesn't deserve to be there. And you know it's true. Some of these people, the, what they regret isn't that they said a certain thing and they were wrong. Paul Krugman is by far, of all of these, he is the only one who has any sense of real uh, self-awareness that, yeah, I was completely wrong, and here's why. The rest of these people... The only reason that they're apologizing and they're saying they were wrong is because it, it's self-service. That's it. Period. End of story. Well, I was Franklin, then a senator from Minnesota, was accused by Leanne Tweed of sexual harassment. Goldberg, quote, called on Franken to resign from the Senate, not because I thought his alleged actions were irredeemable but because I thought Democrats should free themselves of the burden of defending him. Well, number one, he's a grown man. He can defend himself. Not that he ever defends himself on that one. Goldberg has finally turned the corner, though, saying due process is important. Whether or not a person did or what he or she is accused of, and the absence of it in this case has left lasting wounds. Uh, due process. Okay. I don't know if you realize this. Leanne Tweeden didn't just say, he pretended to grab my titties while I was asleep. She had a picture that Al Franken was the one who released or someone took a picture of on her camera and gave back to her. The picture exists of him doing it. He admitted, yeah, I was wrong, and he resigned. That is the due process that he got. He was confronted with the evidence. He admitted that he did it. He quit his job as a result. Again, this is not having, this does not have anything to do with, well, you know, at the time, I. You know, there's the outrage, but there, there was no there was no proof that he ever actually did anything. No. Again, you're only doing it because it's self-serving. You're looking back at through rose-colored glasses in hindsight, because hindsight's always 20-20. Oh, my God. No. 
Carried away by the furious momentum of hashtag me too, I let myself forget that about the transparent, dispassionate system for hearing conflicting claims are not an impediment to justice, but a prerequisite for it. Again, there was a picture of Al Franken during a USO tour pretending to grab the chest of a sleeping woman. It was not hearsay. It wasn't, well, they told me while I was asleep he did this. No, 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 no. That didn't happen. There's a freaking picture of it. I Every time he accuses Republicans of doing anything untoward, I make sure he sees that picture. Anytime his supporters are like, oh, Al Franken, you're a hero. You're a god to the people of Minnesota. I share a picture like, you mean this guy? Donald Trump was on a bus talking with somebody and he brought up a hypothetical. He never said he did it, by the way. If you listen to his actual words, he says, you could walk up to a woman and grab her by the... That's what he, he said. You could do it. He said people of with his stature can do that. And you know what? Based off of uh, the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Yeah, it's true. Or you look, uh, look over to a uh, Europe where there is a, uh, a certain movie producer, director, filmographer, if you will. Who was convicted, who pled guilty, not just convicted, pled guilty to drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl in 1970-whatever. And Roman Polanski, he pled guilty, say, all right, we're going to sentence you. And then he got on a plane and immediately left the country because he didn't want to serve his prison sentence for raping a 13-year-old. He's going to... Some of these are absolutely ridiculous. Goldberg went on to say that others accused of sexual harassment reflexively called on to resign, but that a reflexive assumption of guilt is not a decent substitute for due process. Again, if there's pictures of you doing it, this is not a reflexive assumption of guilt. It's like having a video of somebody punching someone in the face. I plead not guilty to assault and battery, Your Honor. There's video of you doing it, walking up to somebody for no reason and punching them in the face. I didn't do it. You're on video. It is absolutely insane that they they want to give him a pass just because, oh, yeah, he's he's on my side. Uh, Thomas Friedman, currently wrong about Chinese censorship, but hopes that his belief that China will have a freer press was just a premature observation. Friedman said China has become increasingly more authoritative in their goal to stifle dissent and criticism. <gasps> really? Communists stifling dissent and criticism of the government? Are you saying that you would be shocked if they sent people sent military forces and police forces into Hong Kong and started beating people with umbrellas with batons. You would be shocked if some guy on Tiananmen Square stood in front of a tank and then became Tank Chow as it drove over him and mashed him to pieces. 
Huh. You would find that to be surprising from a communist country that had no problem with upwards of 100 million people starving to death back in the 1940s and 50s because, ah, this is the five-year plan. We have a whole new idea for farming. It's going to change the world. Oh, it changed the world, all right, when five million people starved to death the first year. And then they doubled down on it. And then it just got worse. Which, oddly enough, when communists took over farming and agriculture in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe went through a little thing called a famine. Weird how that works. Same thing happened when farm, wheat farmers in Ukraine were told by Stalin, you will farm this way, and then we take all your wheat and you starve to death. Yeah, communists are really good at killing people in large numbers. You haven't noticed. Look at Jim Jones. He was one guy. He killed 900 people with a single punch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this the whole idea that these knuckle butts in at the New York Times actually mean it, mean their apology. The, the whole idea is ridiculous. Like I said, of the ones that they highlighted, the only one that isn't coming from a perp, from a point of, I'm a self-serving, I'm going to make myself look good. The only person who did it, oddly enough, was possibly one of the most, um, one of the most hubris-infested economists in the history of hubris-infested economists. Economist insanity. However, thank you, Paul Krugman, for at least being honest. For saying that, you know, I was wrong, and here's all the data that shows it. I misread what people are going to do when they're in a panic. Everyone else. They don't give a rat behind because, hey, whatever I got to do to make myself look good. And, you know, I was wrong, but not for the reasons you think I was wrong. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Absolute insanity. And 
Speaking of insanity, I didn't have a chance to print this out because, you know, I was doing important things like trying to fix my uh, Streamlabs stuff here so I could do the do the Twitch stream. So, insanity, apparently, DOJ is in the process of working on a potential plea deal for the one, the only, the Hunter Biden. Yes, that's right. The crackhead, hooker-banging, extraordinaire Hunter Biden. This is coming from Gateway Pundit. Breaking. DOJ working on Hunter Biden plea deal. And then it gives me a pop-up ad. You stupid thing. Well, I'm trying to have a goofy radio announcer type voice. Breaking DOJ working on Hunter Biden plea deal, despite millions from China, Russia, Ukraine, etc. When his dad was Obama's VP, while January 6th protesters rot in DC gulags. More at 7. Uh, DOJ is reportedly working on a plea deal with Hunter Biden. This indicates that many crimes related to trafficking drugs and women and extorting and taking bribes in the millions from foreign entities while his dad was Obama's VP will go unindicted. New York Post reports on Hunter's reported plea deal. Reports that federal prosecutors are on the verge of wrapping up the Hunter Biden investigation suggest that a generous plea deal for the first son is in the works, a former Justice Department official said on Thursday. Lawyer Jim Trustee and other legal experts also discounted the notion that officials may be concerned about bringing charges because of the looming midterms and which Democrat control of the House and Senate are both at stake. Fox News and CNN reported Wednesday that the Delaware grand jury probe of Hunter Biden was at or near a critical stage, with sources telling CNN that officials recently discussed potential tax charges and a potential charge for making a false statement in connection with a handgun purchase. So, basically... He could walk scot-free from the stuff that should be putting him in prison for a long, long time. And at most, get a year in a white-collar prison for white-collar crime. And probably just get a hefty fine for lying on the hand on his background check when he bought the handgun that Bo's widow freaked out and threw into a trash can near a school. Yeah, that seems like a really brilliant idea there. Previous previous reports have said the investigation also involves suspicions of money laundering and violations of federal lobbying laws tied to Hunter Biden's controversial overseas business dealings. Daily Mail also reported on DOJ's expected actions with Hunter as federal prosecutors wrap up their investigation into Hunter Biden, a former Department of Justice official believes the president's son has landed a generous plea deal to only admit minor charges. And it goes back to Jim Trustee. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Um, and then we have Joe Biden taking oil from our strategic petroleum reserves and selling them to China. Now, don't be wrong. We have sold 
foreign oil or sold oil to foreign businesses before. We sold to BP. Of course, the oil didn't leave the country when British Petroleum bought it. With China buying it, it's going to China, and they're going. They're not even. They're not even uh, working to, you know, refine it. They're just putting it in their their strategic reserves, huh? And oddly enough, the company that bought the oil, Hunter Biden is on the board of. Now I know it seems a little tin hat, Alex Jonesy. Uh, oh, this is all just, I know there's a crazy conspiracy here, but the, the, the whole idea that is it possible that Hunter Biden is blackmailing his dad because he's got the goods that could put Joe Biden away, get him impeached, thrown out of office, even put in prison. So he says, hey, Pops, you sell this oil to my company. And then... You know, I, I take the money, I hold on to it, and I, I, I take this plea deal that keeps you out of trouble. Like I said, I know it's Alex Jonesy, we're the gay frogs, but th- th- there seems to really be a, a preponderance of evidence that might suggest that's possibly what's going on. It's not Joe Biden being played by China. It's not China leveraging Hunter Biden to get to Joe. I think it's Hunter using his situation and knowing that his dad knows his situation, knowing about his business dealings, we'll call them that, with countries that have been known to be foreign adversaries, be they China, Russia, a corrupt Ukraine, which, by the way, Ukraine is still corrupt. Don't tell anyone. Because, you know, it's either you support Ukraine or you love Putin. I'm just saying. Let's leave it at that. It's just between us. But the whole idea that maybe Hunter Biden has just enough brain cells left that he could try to, that he could successfully get one over on dad. Because, you know, dad is kind of losing it. Dad is not all there these days. Maybe it is Hunter who's actually the one pulling the strings on this one and getting and making a crap ton of money in the process. I don't know. Just something to look at. Something to think about, if you will. All right. So I've got one more story here. This is the one that's going to make you pull your hair out. If you, if you thought New York Times opinion writers and pundits being wildly off the reservation when they wrote. Kim asks in the chat, Hunter has brain cells? I mean, he... Apparently has more functioning brain cells than Joe, who can't read a teleprompter without screwing up the teleprompter. I say this is a guy who doesn't read a teleprompter. I can't even write stuff. I can't even read stuff that I write for myself. Nine times out of ten, if I 
do a commercial for something. I'm ad-libbing and I just have bullet notes because um, I'm not good at reading even in my, I can't write for my own voice. I can't write for the way I talk, but yeah, Hunter has more brain cells than Joe Biden because two is more than one. Keep that in mind. And every now and then a crackhead is right. Every now and then a crackhead will outsmart you. You don't believe me? Tell a crackhead to find a way to score a crack, but he has no money. Trust me, he will get it done. You might not want to know how he gets it done, but he will accomplish it. So, right now, there's a whole lot of public opinion polls being done about SCOTUS. And SCOTUS is not faring well in the uh, the whole public opinion piece. In fact, right now, they're not very well liked, to be honest. Their approvals, their approval ratings, like, in the 30s. Well, this has um, obviously let people think, ah, we need to pass this law. They'll put four more seats on the court. Then we'll have a 7-6 advantage in the Supreme Court. (laughs) No, because at that point, you're not having a court that adjudicates based on the law. You're having a legislature. Not only that, They're an appointed legislature, not a voted-on republic-type legislature, like what we have now with the House and the Senate. Although the Senate shouldn't be voted on by the people. It should be voted on by, I don't know, oh, yeah, the state government, as it was intended. Curse you, 17th Amendment. Repeal it, repeal the 16th Amendment, and kill the IRS. Just saying. Well, it, it's so bad now that <sighs> Elena Kagan, I'm sorry, Associate Justice Elena Kagan, I, I would hate to diminish her title because that's what America's about, titles and lordships. And, oh, wait, we're not supposed to be about that. That's the reason why when you get out of the military, you're no longer an admiral or a general. A colonel, a sergeant, private. You're just Mr. or Ms. or Mrs. or Miss. <clears throat> That's the way it's supposed to be. We don't have titles. We don't have royalty and dignitaries. But Associate Justice, Elena Kagan is currently Justice, so I will recognize her title for now. So she has uh, done an interview lamenting that um, the court is losing its legitimacy by being out of step with public opinion. This just seems to be... um, A crap take, a hot take, if you will. And it's not a very good one. Because 
She's supposed to rule based on is this is this case that is before us, is it backed by the Constitution? Is it wrong according to the Constitution? That's what we have to worry about here on the Supreme Court. Sean has pointed out that he is pro-Constitution, as am I, and as is Ms. Kim as well. So anyways, uh, this is from Jonathan Turley. If you know anything about Jonathan Turley, he's not exactly um, a conservative. He is a liberal. He has defended Donald Trump during impeachment hearings on you know the constitutionality of his actions concerning uh, the call to Ukraine. He has not defended Trump based on the Constitution uh, post-January 6th. He looks at it, he is a liberal, but he looks at the Constitution as the Constitution. Either we go with the Constitution fair or ill, or we're not doing our jobs as jurists, as legal scholars. If we look at something and we're not comparing, holding it to the Constitution, we're not doing our jobs. So, like I said, Elena Kagan came out and did, did an interview or wrote an article, whatever, Saying that, well, you should pay more attention to the, uh, should pay more attention to public opinion when we're making rulings. No, you want public opinion to dictate the dictate the laws. That's why you go and you run for the Senate, or you run for the House. You represent the people. You on the Supreme Court are supposed to represent the Constitution. You're supposed to look at the legislature and the executive and go, okay, y'all aren't fighting. Y'all are fighting. Y'all ain't getting along. All right, come to me. We'll figure this out. And hopefully both of you will be mad when I get make a decision. That's what it's supposed to do. Sort out disputes between the branches and compare any sort of law that comes up to it through the through the appeals process and go okay was the original emplacement of this is the, is the application of this law in this case within the constitution is the law itself constitutional is what the congress doing constitutional is what the executive branch doing consti- constitutional that's what they're supposed to decide <laughs> kim says she doesn't think Justice Kagan understands. Yeah, I don't think so either. But anyways, Jonathan Turley writes, Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan made a curious and concerning comment this week about how Supreme Court's legitimacy depends on the consistency of its judicial opinions with public opinion. It was a comment that seemed consistent with the criticism of Senator Elizabeth Warren that the court was improperly departing from Widely held public opinion, not widely held legal theory, not widely held constitutional supremacy, 
but public opinion. Warren used a complaint to justify her call for raw court packing to produce an instant liberal majority. I am frankly astonished by the statement of Justice Kagan, which runs against the entire purpose of the court as, at times, a counter-majoritarian institution designed to follow the Constitution rather than the polls. You can tell this is a, you can tell this is a legal scholar because he uses $5 words like counter-majoritarian. I had to relook that up. I couldn't just off the top of my head. Justice Kagan told Judicial Conference in Montana that the legitimacy of the Supreme Court is tied to its conformity to public opinion. No. I'm not talking about any particular decision or even any particular series of decisions. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. And OJ's book really was pure, you know, a pure hypothetical about if he was the one who actually attacked Ron and Nicole. Just saying. But if over time the court loses all connection with the public and with public sentiment, that's a dangerous thing for democracy. No, no, it's not. Sometimes with democracy, because we're not a freaking democracy. We are a republic. Sometimes in a republic, you have to go against what the majority says or what the public opinion says. If the public opinion says all white males should jump in front of a speeding bus, hopefully at the congressional level, they go, uh, no. We are banning white people, all white males, from jumping in front of a bus. That's how a republic works. I really need some blood pressure medicine to get through this one. Cheers. Oh, my gosh. Ah, that's weird. So, apparently... My recorder just quit recording. Oh, fun times. I'll have to figure out how to get this video so I can get the rest of the show. Okay. Um, so, now that I've lost my mind, uh, in Federal 78, Alexander Hamilton explained that the lifetime tenure was to insulate the court from, a manip- from manipulation or influence. Quote, in a monarchy, it is, excellent. it is an excellent barrier to the despotism of the prince. In a republic, it is no less excellent barrier to the encroachments and oppressions of the representative body. And it is the best expedient which can be devised in any government to secure a steady, upright, and impartial administration of the laws. The court was designed to defy public opinion. It was designed to defy anyone or everyone and everything other than the Constitution. It was that counter-majoritarian role that allowed the court to end segregation and confront other prejudices in our society. Uh, they upheld putting Japanese people into internment camps. Just saying. I, I hate to hate to break to you there, Jonathan Troy. They don't always get it right. They still went the public sentiment on that one. 
course, then again, they did have FDR threatening to pack the courts if they didn't get, grant him his every wish and whim and will. It is designed to defend the smallest and most insular minorities when the law is on its side. In fairness to Justice Kagan, it is certainly true that many justices seek to minimize the transformative role of the court in areas of deep political disputes. The ultimate example of an incrementalist is Chief Justice John Roberts. Mm-hmm. He will rule against the Constitution to preserve what he feels is uh, the integrity of the court. What is ironic is that I would not put Justice Kagan in that camp. I have little question that Justice Kagan would vote for Roe or other such precedent against the weight of public opinion and would overturn Dobbs in one year or ten years. I was also disappointed by the comment because other justices have responded to calls for court packing and the harassment of their colleagues by reaffirming the legitimacy of the court. Recently retired Justice Stephen Breyer and the last Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg were outspoken in swatting back such critics and calls for court packing. Justice Sonia Sotomayor has also spoken against court packers. Many jurists and law professors do not believe that courts should consider public opinion in re- rendering its decisions. Federal judges are given lifetime tenure to insulate them from such pressure or considerations. The legitimacy of the court depends on not depends not on being consistent with public opinions, but the Constitution. This is a particularly important moment to emphasize as bounties are offered on the movement of justices, and one justice was recently the target of an attempt alleged attempted murder. In the end, I am confident that Justice Kagan would agree that it is more important to be principled than popular. Otherwise, we are left with a wicked Glenda court rather than the body designed by the framers. Quote, when I see depressing creatures with unprepossessing features, I remind them of their own behalf to think of celebrated heads of state or especially great communicators. Do they have brains or knowledge? Don't make me laugh. Boy, Jonathan Turley coming in hard. And you know what? I'm glad he did because somebody has to have the common sense and the good decency to make sure that, you know, our justices are held to what their job actually is. So, again, Jonathan Turley. We don't agree on everything political, and that's fine. You are an honest broker, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that you can come out and say, okay, we might not agree on these things, but you know what? This whole Bill of Rights thing, this whole Constitution thing, sure, we might interpret it differently, but as long as it's the Constitution being interpreted based on the writing in it and not outside pressures, you know, we might not agree with all the outcomes, but, you know, we recognize that the Constitution, at the end of the day, is what the Supreme Court should be based on. All right, that's going to wrap it up for me. Again, thank you so very much, those of you who join me live on Twitch. Now I get the fun job of figuring out how to download this, so I get the audio from Twitch. That way, 
my wonderful adoring podcast listeners had the full show and not the last not missing the last 15 minutes hmm yeah i don't know what happened there so this is a new one for me i'm also recording on a new computer so i have to figure out what's going on there as well so all the fun times again thank you so very much for tuning in again please go to patreon.com slash tyler morgan become a subscriber there remember at five dollars a month the bare minimum on my on my tiers that gets you access to the extra shots and you know again as you get more start giving start giving me more money getting to higher tiers you get more to show for it so again thank you so very much for tuning in if you are a podcast listener please do the five, same four things i ask every week number one please hit the subscribe button number two rate it five stars five stars except for three and below please message me on the twitters facebook messenger whatever we need to have conversation once you have rated it once you have given that five star rating please write a review tell people why you like the show embellish it if you feel you need don't write a novel don't get carried away just a little embellishment if you thought it was okay say it was great that was great say it was excellent you know, slight embellishments. No, don't get crazy. And finally, the fourth thing I ask, please share this episode or, you know, share the Twitch stream. Uh, you can go on Twitch. You can get the link for it and as replays and you can share it to your friends. Hey, check this guy out. Try to get to YouTube, figure out all that stuff. Rumble, blah, 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 blah. I don't even have a rumble yet. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully I have that going soon again. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, Stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1 7. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.